Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcasts. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. To find out more about them and any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com where you'll find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Karen Austin. Now, Karen is an international speaker, best-selling author, facilitator, coach, and mentor with a deep interest in human potential and a love of all things communication, especially regarding the nervous system. An abrupt end to a 25-year career in criminal justice changed her life drastically. Forced into medical retirement with severe PTSD and extreme burnout, she was actually told that she had a one in five chance of ever working again. Through studying with masters in the field of mind-body medicine, she found the keys to vitality, vibrancy, well-being, and the capacity to receive all of the abundance and opportunities that are available. Utilizing wisdom gained from living life to the full, a diverse career in the criminal justice system, along with extensive training and accreditations, Karen brings an authentic, passionate, and inspiring style to performance and personal transformation. Her approach to serving clients revolves around her deep understanding of the scientific and spiritual principles underpinning who we are as human beings. Her mission and her work is to show the past does not have to equal the future and that thriving truly is possible. So please join me and welcome to the show, Karen. How are you? I am great, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. You're very welcome. What a journey it sounds like you've been on uh, with that, that introduction there. Um, I know the listeners out there, they may have already grabbed a copy of your book, uh, Elevate Your Energy. Maybe they haven't. Um, what I do know is when people hear about your background and your story and where you are now as a person, the, the energy that you just emanate, I, 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 like for people who haven't met Karen yet, you just need to imagine a human being that just vibrates out this vibrant energy it, it kind of emanates out of your core. So <laughs> I think I'm curious. I don't know what the listeners do. I want to know, uh, first of all, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how are you just such a, a ball of vibrant energy, but more importantly, what led you up to that point? Like what made you so passionate about transformation and this whole, this whole journey you've been on? Uh, uh, we could talk about that all day, but <laughs> no, imagine, <we> <laughs> imagine, being at work and being so exhausted and so distressed on every level that all you can do is sit on the floor and hug the filing cabinet. And I found myself there one day, some guy was knocking on the courthouse door wanting to come in for service and I just had nothing. After so many decades in criminal justice and being around people who were in extreme states of distress, and problem and challenge and also growing up I mean I had the prison cell in the backyard and the police station attached to the house so from a very early age my nervous system was attuned to a high level of stress and distress and what what is so amazing about our nervous system is that it 
it changes based on our experience. We have all of these synapses in our brain and they are pruned and reinforced based on our experiences. And so I had about 40 years around and in and around the uh, criminal justice system. So there was a moment when my body just said enough, mm. enough. And I was at rock bottom, completely rock bottom. That's, I mean, that sounds like a, a fairly prolonged amount of distress for a person to go through i think you know a lot of i think stress we're all aware that stress is, is the most common cause of all kinds of issues in our lives and i know that a lot of listeners out there deal with stress on a regular basis so what did you discover in that journey as, you, as you're going through this prolonged stress and being in a high stress environment what have you discovered about stress and what are the little hacks that we can apply based on that journey i mean it must have been intense for you it was extraordinarily intense. I had nothing. I lost everything. My health was gone. I lost my friends, my colleagues, my peers, my finances, rock bottom on every level. And I walked out of this office and said, right, if I can never work again, which is what they told me, a one in five chance of ever working again, I said, okay, I'm going to be the healthiest person I can as my contribution to the planet. So unbeknownst to me, I had set an intention that led me on this crazy journey around the world. And there were moments where, okay, I just have to do the things that I enjoy. And I love playing. I love telling stories. I love improvising. And I thought, okay, this has to be part of my journey back to health. And I went and I lived in an apartment in San Francisco or Oakland and each day I would go down and I would do an improvisation class and I would play and I would tell stories and I would dance and I would move the body and I would allow this body spirit to emerge that wasn't constrained and then I would go back upstairs and I'd sleep again and in this apartment I had a mattress, a saucepan and a fry pan and that was it. <laughs> And then slowly there was just this, this passionate energy. And at the time, I didn't know how important play was in a healing process, but it's creating art. It's not dwelling on what had gone wrong. It's dwelling on and creating in that moment something that had never been there before. And so this this body wisdom that sparked in the body it just took me on this journey and I met incredible people around the world and play play is this powerful neural exercise that brings us into a level of noticing and as adults we don't play enough it's like when we notice rather than think we just create this new pathway in our brain like just in this very short time we've been chatting in the show so far a lot of a lot makes sense about you now like like because i've known you for a long time and i just like i i now i understand what that energy is like because i people do there, there is a if if you haven't met karen you you have to meet her there, there is a palpable energy that comes from you that i perceive to be quite different from other people that i meet and i meet thousands of people and it, it's different. And now I get it. It's, it's play. It's, it's actually play transformed into a vibration. So 
I'm sure there's listeners sitting here right now going, all right, um, I haven't met Karen yet, but whatever she's having, I'll have some too, please. Um, how, what is play? What, what, is, what is it? Like describe it to people so we know what, what do you mean? How do we go and do this? Well, play is, is the interplay of our environment. And so I can, I have enough uh, presence and awareness in my body now to trust it. And so when we started out with play, we would start incrementally. And it might be that I might just allow my hand to move. And it's movement. And then I might bring in a short story, because everything about being a human being is about dancing, it's about song, it's about stillness, and it's about story. And so we play both with ourselves and with another and, and see what is created in the energy in between. And so I can go out and I can play with my environment, like touching a plant. And this brings also the idea of pleasure in as well, accessing our direct root of pleasure. I mean, part of who we are as human beings, when we're born, we have this direct root and it's through our hands. And if you see a baby, you'll see it'll play with everything and it'll put it in its mouth. And it just has this delight in exploring. There's this natural impulse to explore. And so when we bring play in with that natural impulse and then we bring in the nerves on our hands, which if you, um, if you look in the science, we have as many or just about the same amount of nerve endings on our fingers and hands as we do in our lips and genitalia. So we can use our hands to explore our environment and bring ourselves back into alignment with what is really true for us in our pleasurable, playful world, which we're born into. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, all right, I, I want to bring more play into my life. I want to bring more pleasure into my life. Is, is there, and I know you work with lots of people around the world and you have an incredible impact in their lives in terms of transformation, in terms of them having a more playful experience of life and definitely being able to line up communication in their nervous system and just being able to help them quite often overcome traumas, reduce stresses, achieve the goals they want. So let's just say I'm sitting here now and I'm incredibly stressed out and I want to do something today that's going to give me a measurable outcome. What would you suggest to the complete novice who doesn't play at all, who doesn't even understand the concept of, playfulness and pleasure and whatever it may be what, what do you suggest so have a look in your surrounding there'll be a million different types of items pick up one just pick up a pen or a phone or anything on your desk and just lay it in your hand and really gently and absolutely slowly just allow your hand to move across the item or your or move the item across your hand and then just notice what you notice. It's like we, we use our hands to do a lot of things, but we don't really use our hands to take in information in this way. Wow. I've actually, I've just picked up a pen, Karen. <laughs> I'm, just doing, I'm just doing this right now. It actually feels quite, um, I don't know, like there's almost like a, 
it, I mean, it does feel pleasurable, that's for sure, moving a pen. And there's quite a lot of sensation there. It's uh, So you're saying that this exercise will, will bring people more, what does it do? Does it bring more awareness to them? Like, Well, when we look at pleasure, there's three aspects of pleasure. There's um, awareness, mm -hmm. there's sensation, and there's context. And so when we tend to sensation with our awareness, we feel, we feel something. And then when we are bringing our awareness to it, it also calms the nervous system down. Now, for some people, they may not be able to feel anything for a moment, for a few minutes, for a little while, because we, we haven't used this muscle. And so we just need to expand it. And when we explore this sensation further, it leads us to our own um, emotional world. And as you can imagine, I was, you know, sitting on the floor hugging a filing cabinet. My emotional world was pretty, pretty crazy at the time. But when we come back to play and pleasure, we can then mitigate and actually experience things from the past in a different way. And so they don't then have to dictate the future. And so when we play with pleasure and play, it allows an expression that's authentic and it's out of non-conscious control, which is where the main part of my healing journey came was allowing the body to move in ways that I wasn't consciously controlling it because our nervous system um, as you can imagine, some people may have heard of fight, flight or freeze. So this body has an automatic and powerful survival mechanism and we need it. We absolutely need it. What happens is if there's too much stress in the past and it gets stuck on, we can spend more of our time in the fight, flight and freeze rather than the social engagement capacity to play. and. Um, allowing the body so if the body has this mobilization for our protection of course it has to have a way to down regulate and bring back that extreme mobilization so that's the other aspect of the work I do we have play pleasure and then presence bringing bringing presence to the movement of the body allowing it to discharge the past safely, incrementally, so, so it doesn't impact the present or the future. And so I use all three, uh, allowing the body to tell the story. And there are some um, worlds of thought out there that the body is the unconscious mind or the unconscious mind is the body. Well, when we bring the autonomic nervous system in that um, generates these survival mechanisms, and when we're in the fight survival um, process, all of our communications to ourselves and others are going to be under the banner of fight. So there is little capacity to connect. And then when we look, we're in the light part of the nervous system all of our communications both to ourselves and to others are going to be around anxiety and anxiousness and fear but then when we bring our practices back into play and pleasure we are training and teaching and regenerating in the nervous system our capacity to connect with ourselves and with others so 
let's just say I've got a uh, important meeting coming up. I've got an important meeting coming up and I'm sitting out in the car park and I'm freaking out, right? I'm totally freaking out. I'm filled with anxiety. Uh, my heart's beating fast and it's meant to. I'm sweating and I'm just not in a good position. Obviously, it, it, one would assume that that autonomic nervous system is doing something, wreaking havoc. What do we do? What, what, what would... What's you, in your world? What do you suggest a person does when they're experiencing anxiety, social anxiety, or they're, they're just not feeling right for some important meeting? What can we do? So, Ben, in those moments, have you ever noticed that your body wants to start to tremor and shake a little bit? For sure, yeah, absolutely. So, that's the body's natural mechanism to down regulate that adrenaline that's pumping through the body. So, if I was sitting in my car nervous for uh, a speaking event or something, and my body wants to tremor a little bit, I just allow it. I just allow the hand to move a little bit. Mm. I allow myself to feel the movements in my body. I may exaggerate them a little bit if I want. And then I would just pick up whatever is in my car and, and I would lean my chair back um, my seat back so that I'm relaxed so the trunk of my body is relaxed I'd pick up any item and I would slowly 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 touch it or move it over my hand I'd bring all of my presence and awareness to the item and the sensation in my hand which then gives us access to the sensation in the body which I'm sure butterflies, everyone's experienced those butterflies in the stomach. So accessing the sensation through the hand allows us to, you'll notice that the breath starts to calm down when we bring our focus onto this item and our hand. And then there'll be a, a moment when you can access the sensation in the body. And, and it's like, what is this sensation? Name it. Name it as a sensation rather than an, as an emotion. So sometimes when there's something that I can't say, I'll get a lump in my throat. And so I'll feel it as a sensation and name it. And I might even just put my hand over it and nourish it with touch. Now, touch is the sense that makes us human and it's everywhere in our language. And our capacity to notice sensation in our body and in our hand is related to our capacity to bring awareness. So when you say name it, like I like that idea because most people sort of label it as, a, as an emotion, like I'm, I'm feeling blah, and then they just act out blah. So let's just say we've got that thing in the throat. We, we, we're, we're struggling to speak. When you say name it as a sensation, what would be an example of that? Like what would, how would someone name it that instead of calling it nervousness, for example? Like, like what do you hope, what's the ideal outcome of naming it? So it could be tightness. Or oh, tightness. Okay, yeah, I get it. Tightness or constriction or pins and needles. So we have all like warmth or cold as a sensation. What does our hands feel? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Is it pointy? Is it hot? Is it like a knife going through the back? So when we speak in sensation rather than naming it as an emotion, we can then find the edges of it. And we can, because in, in the quantum physics, the double 
slit experiment. It's like it shows that anything we observe changes by virtue of the fact of our observation. And the same, can, <clears throat> excuse me, the same can happen in our body. When we, when we notice we're a little anxious and we come back to the body and find it as a sensation and the simple act of us observing it, bringing our awareness to it and welcoming it. Like sometimes we want to push away these feelings of anxiety or butterflies in the stomach. We want to push away these sensations. And yet the more we push them away, the more they're there, gathering more ammunition for the next time. So when that sensation arises in the body, as best we can, bring our awareness to it. And sometimes it might be too intense to bring all of our awareness to it. And so then we bring our awareness to present moment through the senses. So if the anxiety or if there's this sensation in the body that's so uncomfortable, I then look out, what can I see? What can I hear? What can I touch? What can I smell? And so by bringing our present moment awareness to the other senses, we then give ourselves a little bit more capacity to come back to that feeling of discomfort. And then we just swing until we can expand our capacity to be with the sensation that we call discomfort. And eventually it leads. Now, you just said something quite interesting at the start that you said you can, uh, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing here, you said you can find the edges of it when we, when we talk in terms of sensation. When you say find the edges, what do you mean by that? Well, what's, what's someone attempting to do when, in, in terms of finding the edges, so to speak? So I may have a sensation in my throat mm -hmm. and I know that it's in my throat and it's not in my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And so then I just gently bring my awareness through my body to I find where I can actually feel the edge of the sensation. So if I had a heaviness in my chest, it might be in the middle of my chest and I can find where the heaviness ends and then there's a lightness or there's a different weight. Mm. And so when we can bring our awareness to the whole uh, shape, I'm going to call it a shape. It might be two-dimensional or three-dimensional, but the sensation will have an edge, it will have an end and it will have a, a depth and it will have a shape. And when we, when we look at things differently or we think about different thing, things differently or we notice something differently, we are bringing awareness and presence. And we're not coming from the past. We're not coming from a story. We're coming from the part of the nervous system that allows us connection. And again, sometimes the sensation may be too intense. And so we want to stay in present moment. And so that's why we bring in the other senses, the other faculties that tell me I'm here now in this moment, not in a moment from the past where I'm being hijacked. Wow, I really love that. So obviously with people who have an, enough presence and enough awareness, they can... I guess, begin to locate where this energy block, for want of a better phrase, 
begins and ends. And that allows them to, to locate in with it. And then to sort of paraphrase there, you say, are you saying that really it just comes down to being present? Like, like if, if we strip it all away, it's do whatever you can to become present because this idea, I, I get it now. If I pick something up and I'm rubbing it across my hands, then that sensation is happening right now. And, and therefore I, I bring myself into the, the here and now. Is there, is there like a, I don't know, is there some sort of rituals that you recommend or habits you recommend people form on a daily basis so that they are almost developing an immune system of presence to combat other things? Like, like what do you recommend for the people who, who want to hit this as a daily practice? So pick up any item that you can find nearby. Bring the body completely relaxed because um, the part of our brain that activates that we I've can... been holding my pen the whole interview now. Now, yeah, exactly. I can't put it down, Karen. What have you done to me? I know. <laughs> but when we relax the torso, so the torso is completely relaxed and our hands are relaxed because we don't want too much movement because it, it takes another part of the brain's awareness. And we want as best we can to bring our awareness to the sensation in the hand and slow it down by half and slow it down again by half. And what we're doing is we're building a bank account of sensation. Now, when we tend to sensation, emotions arise because as you can imagine, um, being a young baby, there would have been times when as a young child, we've done something that an older person was displeased about and we would have gotten a no. And so then in that moment, we started looking outside of ourselves and we got connected to the indirect route of pleasure where we're looking for appreciation, approbation, acknowledgement outside of ourselves. And we spend our life doing things out of alignment with who we are to get this recognition and appreciation. However, if you spent five minutes a day with your body completely relaxed and bringing um, an item over your hand or your hand over the item, bringing your awareness to the sensation, you will then start recreating access to your direct route of pleasure. And when you have access to that, your capacity to be authentically who you are just expands. And we're looking, we're looking at it from the place of, I have it all within me. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. I don't need to be healed, so to speak. But I have access to this and I am finding my way back to it. Nice. So five minutes a day of doing this practice. Are there any other uh, tips that you would recommend that, that the listeners do apart from, from this? I mean, this is highly practical. I, I think the listeners can start today, five minutes a day, becoming present, being aware of the sensation and so on. Is there anything else that, you, that you'd recommend people do? And move, move the body. And like when there's a moment that, um, you know, anger may arise or anxiety, all of these things that we give a label for, allow the body to move it. What does the dance of anger mean for you? Even if it's just a hand, because you can do this anywhere. You can do it in the car. So if someone cuts me off or whatever and I choose to be angry, I might go, yeah, like that, you know, allow the expression of the movement 
because the nervous system sends, when we go into fight, flight or freeze, the nervous system sends a communication for the body to move in some way. And when we don't allow that movement, it gets stuck in the body. And there are micro um, moments. Just to be clear, so if someone cuts you off in traffic, rather than dancing with just one of your fingers, you should use your whole hand. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead, instead of a typical hand. middle finger dance, you're saying use all of your hands use and dance them out. Nice. So. That's right. That's a, that's a powerful clarification. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but it is. It's like the body wants to move, so allow it and just discover. Without the thinking, just to allow the noticing, ah, oh, that's what my body does when it's feeling constrained and just allowing it to move. Mm. Um, so the body movement, that's what the nervous system does for us. It puts us into movement for survival or connection. And when we don't follow that natural impulse, it gets stuck in the body. So yes, I dance it. out. Dance it out. I love the idea of just, it's almost like you're going with the flow and you're allowing it to just run its course, but in a way that is a bit more, I don't know, rhythmical almost. Like you're getting the vibration of, of whatever the block is and you're allowing it to move through the body. I, I mean, I really love what you're saying with this, how you can notice that you're feeling anxiety and your body's vibrating, let it do its thing, but let it move its way through the body instead of being trapped and stored. I know a lot of the listeners out there obviously want to find out more about you. You've got this incredible website up online where people can actually, uh, straight off the homepage, they can actually reach out and connect with you. And that's uh, karenaustin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-A-U-S-T-E-N.com. So um, do check out Karen's website online. You can also find her on Facebook uh, at Living and Loving Unleashed. So Living and Loving Unleashed is the Facebook group. And Karen, I know you get some incredible reviews. We hear people raving all the time about your amazing workshops that you run. And one of them in particular is this uh, radical receiving that you do. So for the listeners out there, if you haven't uh, yet uh, engaged in any of Karen's uh, programs, definitely check out her workshops. And, and specifically at the moment, I, I highly recommend um, starting with this radical receiving uh, program that she runs. Uh, Karen, I, I know we've got some incredible value. Are there any other final uh, tips or ideas that you have for our listeners out there that you'd recommend? Yes, and you named it, Ben, Rhythm. We have our own essential rhythm. And as we, as we walk through life, we expand and contract and we expand and contract. And for me, specifically, with everything I went through in the past, my contraction got bigger than my expansion. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it takes to get into your own rhythm. And if you imagine a jellyfish in the ocean, that it just expands and contracts and it lives inside of this field of the ocean and it moves through we have that same capacity when we get back to our authentic rhythm and that allows us to receive all of the benefits the blessings the opportunities that are completely aligned with our rhythm mm. and so however you get into your rhythm however you allow yourself to expand and contract 
beautifully organically that will give you the greatest gifts beautiful i like it i don't like it actually i love it um what i would is there any final message like do you have a, a final parting word you like to leave listeners with or people uh as a final message your capacity to receive is the most important gift that you can give yourself the capacity just to really take on that receiving is a natural part of life and that your rhythm your unique rhythm is needed on the planet now more than ever beautiful well you heard it first there from karen karen thank you so much uh, for being on the show you have absolutely packed in the value uh, I am actually going to go and allocate five minutes of my day to really getting into tune with this sensation. And uh, I love the whole concept. I think, you know, it really does come down to people's ability to, to receive and to get in that state of flow. And I think you've just summed it up beautifully. And you've definitely written a lot more about that in this incredible book of yours, uh, Elevate Your Energy. So uh, listeners, absolutely uh, do whatever you can to get your hands on a copy of this. Uh, Karen, thank you so much once again for being on the show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And me too. As I've enjoyed this immensely. Uh, so if you want to find out more about uh, Karen, uh, please go to elevatebooks.com or go to her uh, own website, karenaustin.com or Living and Loving Unleashed, her Facebook group. But make sure you definitely check out the Radical Receiving Workshop program that she's uh, currently running, which will really have an incredible impact on your life. So uh, please keep in mind, that giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thank you so much for dialing in and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.